Welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast, where we talk about how you and your organization can take your next step in your leadership journey. Let's get to it. Hey there, welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast, where we believe your church can grow, your church should grow, and your personal growth as a leader really does make a difference. You know, these are the micro editions this week, and one of the things I know is that every single church leader has experienced some sort of significant financial stress at some point in your ministry. I know that I've served in three different churches, now four churches, and in every church that I've served in, um, I've experienced significant financial stress, all the way from my very first budget um, as a youth pastor being $500 a year, okay? That's that's not (laughs) a lot of money. You can't even get extra cheese on the pizzas for your pizza blast for $500 a year, all right? So, Um, I understand financial stress associated with ministry. And, you know, according to some statistics, um, there's a lot of people in the church that that, that are showing up every week, but they're not giving. In fact, most of the consistent statistics that I've read say that somewhere between 3 to 5% of people that identify themselves as born-again Christians actually tithe. Now, one of the things that I did for years is I was angry at these people. I, I would, you know, they're a bunch of God robbers or whatever. Until I, I one day, um, and once again, the way I think things out is I write things out. It just works for me. Um, and so I began to sit down and really begin to try to figure out why people don't give. And there's essentially, um, there, and there's probably more, but I came up with seven reasons why people don't give. And I, I'll list these out for you in this edition. Number one, they don't think about it. They don't think about it. One of the mistakes that I made for years as a leader is I used to think that people thought about what I thought about. But reality is this, and I want to ask every leader out there this question. How many times have you made some sort of declaration or some sort of announcement and you thought you clearly communicated it only to get bombarded with questions the following week about the very thing that you thought you clearly communicated. And these questions aren't coming just from um, the people in your church. They're coming from staff. And you're like, my gosh, you work here. I pay you to know this stuff. And so at the end of the day, people aren't really thinking about what we think about. And and in, in church world, and I'll talk more about this in a second, the offering prep time is either non-existent in a church service or we brush by it so fast, people don't, it was like a drive-by. It's like, and, and people don't even know what that was. And so one of the reasons they're not giving is not because they're evil people, it's because they don't think about it. The second reason, number two, is they don't think they can. Um, and I was in this boat for years. If statistics... Um, If statistics on this are true, and I believe they are, and once again, this is across the board, somewhere between 75 to 80 percent of the people attending our churches are living paycheck to paycheck. They're upside down in their cars. Um, They got a second mortgage on their house. They're paying off student loans. 
Um, they, they finance their pet for 90 days, same as cash. It's pretty bad when you finance your dog. I've always wondered, what would a dog repo look like? Anyway, another story, another time. But they don't think they can. They're so upside down. And one of the things that I had to come to discover personally is I did not follow Jesus into financial bondage. But by putting him first in my life, he would lead me out of it. I used to be upside down financially. I'm talking six figures in debt and didn't even own a home. And it wasn't because I was following biblical advice. It's because I was following worldly advice. And when I began to put Jesus first in my finances, over time and through discipline, he led me out of the pit that I dug myself into. And so they don't think they can. And it's listen, Jesus can lead us out of any type of slavery even financial slavery. Slavery. Number three, they don't know why they should give. Um, in so many churches, and I, oh my gosh, I was guilty of this for years, I would tell people what to do. I just wouldn't tell them why it was important. And if there's no vision associated with the giving, the hearts of people will not be moved. You know, a lot of people say, well, um, well, I just know people and they're just greedy people, but that's not true. Because anytime we're watching TV and the news on the news, we see a, a hurricane or a tornado or a tsunami um, and, and, and organizations go in, relief organizations go in and they ask for donations. People can see the need and therefore, they respond and they give millions and millions of dollars. And at the end of the day, the church should be able to cast a vision that this world really does need Jesus um, more than the world's ever needed him before. Um, and, but people just don't know why, and, and people, people need that vision to be clearly articulated. Number four, the fourth reason people don't give is they don't know how. They don't know how to give. And once again, as church leaders, we think people just intuitively know. Um, but a friend of mine once said years ago, and I remember when I said it, when he said it, I didn't know if I agreed with it, but, man, I agree with it, both hands in the air right now. Um, he said that the offering prep time in churches is usually the most irrelevant time um, in the church service. And the reason why is we talk about cash and checks. Now, I grew up, I'm 46 years old, had to think about it. I'm 46 years old, and I grew up with cash and checks, but most people in our churches don't carry cash and checks, and the ones that do are, that are carrying cash and checks are also probably carrying a blockbuster card. That tells you how irrelevant cash and checks are. And so um, in the offering prep time, we've got to make them aware of online giving. We got the, we've got to make them aware of how they should give and how they can give, and we got to make them aware, once again, of why they can give. And it's amazing the number of churches that won't talk about the offering, that simply put giving boxes in the back and never, ever acknowledge them and then wonder why in the world people aren't giving. It's because they don't know how. Number five, they don't see a difference being made in their giving. Um, and and this, this comes down to a very simple concept. About once a month, as a church leader, if we just stop and say thank you to the people that are giving in the church and let them know why they're giving matters, that absolutely is all they need. It's motivation, it's encouragement, and it also other encourages other people to get on board. Number six, the sixth reason people don't give is they do not understand the blessings associated with it. 
Um, now, for years, I stayed away from preaching on giving because of how this particular teaching has been abused. It's like, okay, if you give $100, um, God will give you a jet. And, and Which, by the way, if that happens, man, that's awesome. Man, come take me for a trip on your jet. I don't think that's going to happen, but you know, maybe it did. Um, but because so many people have abused it, leaders in the church have been scared to get next to it. But listen, the Bible says more about money and possessions than it does about faith and prayer combined. And so if we're going to preach on faith and we're going to preach on prayer, we shouldn't be scared to preach on a subject that the Bible speaks volumes about, which leads to number seven. Seventh reason people don't give is because pastors are afraid to talk about it. And I get it. Listen, I get it. I was scared to talk about it for years. In fact, there were several fears that I had to specifically overcome. But at the end of the day, I had to arrive, or I had to ask myself the question, am I going to fear God or am I going to fear man? And those are the seven reasons that people aren't giving um, in our churches today. And one of the things that I want to do is help churches build generous cultures. I'm all about it. So if you're interested in knowing more about how your church can build a generous culture, you can just go to IWantMyChurchToGrow.com. IWantMyChurchToGrow.com. Click on Resources, and, and you'll see Building a Generous Culture. There's a, there's a video series. By the way, there's two videos on how to do an offering prep. And then one of the cool videos is we've actually got an offering prep video that you could use in your church that explains the concept of giving. And I'm telling you, I know it'll work because I used it several times. Um, it's less than 150 bucks, and if you pick up one giver, it pays for the resource. And I hope, I hope, I hope, in fact, no, 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 I know it'll serve you well. So check out that resource, and thanks for checking out this micro edition of the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. We hope you had a blast spending time with us. For more thoughts on leadership, visit Perry's blog at perrynoble.com.